It is Axe Week. We have to talk about two breakout players I believe will go crazy for the Gophers this weekend, and then why it is bowl or bust for Minnesota and the absolute domination by the women's basketball team last night. You are no locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. What's up, Gopher fans? Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Thank you so much for listening to this show each and every day of the week. I appreciate all the daily listeners, the everydayers that tap into Locked on Golden Gophers, which is your team every day. I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you. I try to get out here and do as many shows as possible, keeping it on the daily because there aren't that many Gophers channels that are giving you daily content. So I appreciate you all. I'm thankful for you all. I hope you all have a great day, whether you celebrate or not. And I just want to take the time to say thank you. And if you're not a subscriber, you're not a daily listener, you are welcome aboard. We're not going anywhere. We are keeping this daily Gophers content going. So be sure to subscribe over on YouTube or follow wherever you get the audio podcast. As always, if you have questions, drop them in the comments. We'll get them on our bi-weekly mailbag. But today we have to talk about the Gophers versus Wisconsin. The biggest matchup of the year for Minnesota, keeping the axe here three years in a row is prior to priority numero uno and I'm going to tell you about two players I think are going to have a breakout game again this week on top of that we got to talk about why it is bull or bust for the Minnesota Golden Gophers and then we got to talk about the absolute domination we are seeing from this women's basketball team that is the hottest ticket in town in my opinion and it's only going up now let's kick it off with this Wisconsin matchup there are two players I think are going to pop off for the Gophers both on the offense now both of these players have had success on and off throughout this season but also over their time as a Gopher but first one I'm not even going to linger on it anymore is Daniel Jackson he is the best player for the Gophers offense by far this season and really the past two seasons he has been the first or second best player on the entire offense now last year he was second to Mo Ibrahim but regardless Regardless, he has been leading the way for the Minnesota Golden Gophers and only got better year to year to year and so on and so forth. You look at 2020, his true freshman season, he had 12 receptions, 167 yards and zero touchdowns. Not bad for a true freshman. Then you come into the 2021 season, he takes it up, 25 receptions, doubled his receptions total, doubled his yardage almost. He had 267 yards and then he had one touchdown. So he got on the board when it came to scores. You head into year three with Daniel Jackson, which was last season, leads the team in receiving yards and in receiving touchdowns, 37 receptions, 557 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. Again, two team leading stats there. Then on top of that, this season, he took it to a whole nother level. He currently has 48 receptions, 710 yards receiving, which is third in the Big Ten, and seven touchdowns receiving again team leading in both receiving yards and touchdowns but you look at what he's done against Wisconsin he's at 11 receptions 179 yards and a touchdown against Wisconsin in the three matchups that he has had against that team that he's really gotten some time in but this rivalry it just means more so I absolutely believe as he's continued to grow year to year to year even 
as the whole of the season, he has also gotten better against Wisconsin year to year to year and been more and more involved. And I think that is not going to change this weekend. I think we're going to see his best game yet. And that is even talking about him having a successful game last season. He had his only touchdown against them last season, as well as I believe, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, somewhere between 75 and 85 yards receiving. I think he's going to outdo that. I think he's going to get a score this game, and I think he is going to be close to or over 100 yards. I feel it. I think it's a huge breakout game for Daniel Jackson against Wisconsin. Yet again, a breakout game for him this season as he looks to build on the 710 yards and seven touchdowns that he already has. And like I said, I think he's going to be targeted early and often in this matchup, but he is not the only person I think is going to have a big game. Brevin Span Ford. I'm saying it. They're going to get him involved. And when you get him involved early and often, that's when he has his most success. We've seen that this year, even though it's not the same statistical production year that we saw from last season, when the Gophers get him touches early, he produces throughout the game or he produces in big ways. And so those have been his biggest games when they get him going early. I think they're going to do it again this year because Brev is born and raised here in Minnesota. And on top of that, it is senior day. You don't think they're going to try to get their seniors some looks to honor him and what uh, Coach Harbo has already talked about, how this senior day is going to be really tough for him because he just, Brev means so much to him in general. Your offensive coordinator is saying that. You better absolutely believe he's going to try and scheme the ball into Brev's hands in this game, especially early on senior night against Wisconsin for a guy who was born and raised in Minnesota. And this rivalry in specific just means more. His hurdle over the Wisconsin defender last year is iconic picture, iconic photo, epic moment for him to have to hang on the wall, to hang in the office, to hang wherever he wants in the crib one day. But what? I've been most impressed with is that he's only really had two opportunities to play against Wisconsin so far in his career with Minnesota. And those games have been extremely productive for him, especially from a tight end perspective. Last season, seven receptions, 95 yards. The season prior, three receptions, 62 yards. But I truly think we are in for some big games when it comes to both of these two gophers, regardless of if Darius Taylor is back or not this weekend. I think we're going to see both Brevin and Daniel Jackson heavily involved in the offense this week against Wisconsin at home. And so I think you should gear up and be ready for it. It could be a big week for those Gophers. And I truly think that we are going to have some history here. We could maybe see a three-peat for the Gophers. It's a big matchup and it also has bowl contention on the line. So it is major for the Gophers. And this matchup will very likely be a game where the Gophers pass the ball a healthy amount. And I have the proof and the reasoning, which is what we're going to talk about coming up next. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
All right, Gophers fans, so we're talking about it. Bowl or bust is now the time that Minnesota has to get this win, or what does the fan base think of this program if we don't pull off the win, if we go 5-7 and and don't even get bowl contention? That is a tough question. That is a tough predicament to be in as a coaching staff, as a program, especially coming off of three full seasons of nine wins or more. And this season, you easily could have been there if you took care of business, but they didn't. So what is left? Well, what is left is this bowl game and beating your rival, keeping the axe here. And that's a lot of pressure in one game, but it wouldn't be any better. It wouldn't have any less meaning without that pressure. This rivalry will always be a game where you go out there and you try to give your absolute best, whether you're one win season, whether you're a 10 win season, this is the matchup that just means a little extra something. So I think overall, you got to get, it is, it is bowl or bust because you need this win regardless, regardless of the bowl speculation, regardless of what have you, you need it because it's your biggest rivalry of the season. You're going on a streak with them and you got to find a way to put a stamp of success or a little bit of a bright spot on this season. And right now your only bright spot is beating Iowa. And you can really stamp on top of that, even only having six wins, even having the struggles, the disappointment that the team has seen so far this year. If you say you beat both of your rivals, it just feels a little bit better. It feels a little bit acceptable. And on top of that, then you get into the bowl game where you can add to another thing that the Gophers have been building on four and all under PJ Fleck in the bowl games, regardless of the tier of the bowl game. That's not what is important here. Not even going five and all would be important, but what is most important is those extra practices to get the young red shirt freshmen, the guys who are true freshmen this year that have been red shirting, get them looks, get them opportunities, get them those extra practices to get ready in an early jump start into the off season. That is so valuable, especially for a team that is so young and you're having the bigger schools come in here next year. We're going to the 18 schools. We're going to bring in Oregon and Washington and all those schools are going to have changes too. Washington is going to have a new quarterback. Oregon is going to have a new quarterback. USC is going to have a new quarterback. And who knows what's happening with UCLA? They are a program that could be like when Nebraska came in where they don't have the immediate success that they were seeing elsewhere. I don't think that the shift for UCLA into the Big Ten is going to be as smooth as what people think. Even USC could struggle here with the defenses that have been really good over the Big Ten's history. I think there could be some struggles in that transition. Washington's losing a ton of key playmakers. We'll see how it all adds up. It depends on the transfer portal. It depends on here and there. But what I'm saying is that you as the Minnesota Gophers have a very, very, very young team. Now, yes, you've got some vets that'll be departing. Brevin Spanford, like we talked about, Tyler Newbin. Uh, you've got big players that are going to be departing, but a lot of your core is coming back. A lot of your core is coming back for maybe two plus years. So now is the time to continue to build on that and get those guys that are right behind those those uh, two plus year guys, your redshirt sophomores and whatnot, get them some time, get them some feel because they might have to step up in big spots next season and getting them time in live action reps outside of practice is everything. So it's going to be a big, big thing. And that is why I say it is bull or bust because you've got the off season narratives. You can quiet down the fan base a little bit, winning your two rivalry games, getting to a bull game, even a struggle. You, you, you look back at it and you go, you know what? It was a down year. I don't like the decision makings that we made, but 
you're going to have a down year every once in a while. And what I think Gophers fans haven't looked at enough is that PJ Fleck is very loyal and he really leaned into those seniors and super seniors, Tanner, John, Muhammad, all those guys, Jordan Howden, Terrell Smith. He really leaned into the longevity of those players because it's a life program and he invested in them and everything like that. But when that big chunk of players leaves, when that big impactful group of players and seniors that you've invested in over three, four, five years leaves, you're probably going to have a struggle year. And there are no excuses because we should have won more games this year, but the struggle shouldn't be that blasphemous, that surprising. You're going to have down years. And you would like to see that down year be seven wins or be eight wins and be just you weren't competing with the top, top squads. But that wasn't the case this year. We had some bigger growing pains. But the biggest thing is that you can move forward from this by now having more experience with all those younger players and building back up to what you had with that group, building back up to bigger expectations. And that is going to be a big thing. So the fan base may calm down when they look back at this. If you win the X, if you win both rivalries, if you get to a bowl game, on top of that, you have that feeling of success, beating both of your rivals in the same season since the first time since 1990. 1990, a lot of Gophers fans, current college students weren't born then. So if you can get that going, that makes a difference regardless of a down year. And on top of all that, in order to make it happen, you are going to have to go against the grain and be aggressive. But if there's any team that PJ Fleck has been aggressive against through the air, it is Wisconsin and it is the Badgers. So plain and simple, 2022, we had 416 total yards on offense with two touchdowns. Uh, and overall, they had 29 attempts, 29 passing attempts. We don't see that too often with Coach Flick. 29 passing attempts, 319 yards through the air, and 97 on the ground, plus the defense had an interception. All-around game, pretty nice. 2021, not so much. We had 16 passing attempts, still had 200 passing yards, one pass touchdown, one interception, 75 rush yards and a touchdown. Defense had one interception. So kind of a lower game when it came to production. But then you go to 2020, 25 passing attempts. Again, not something that happens too often from a flag team. 160 pass yards, two passing touchdowns, one INT. Plus, Mo Ibrahim had 151 rushing yards on the ground. Defense had an interception. You see what I'm getting at here. The defense has continuously been putting interceptions together to keep the Gophers in the game. The passing, two out of three of those games, was a lot higher in the attempts. The yardage and the touchdowns in the passing has been better. The ground game hasn't necessarily been a zero. It's been effective as well. You go to 2019, we lost that game, but still 37 attempts, 296 pass yards, two pass touchdowns, one interception, 76 rushing, and the defense had a fumble. So overall, the Gophers consistently have generated some sort of turnover against this Wisconsin team, but they have passed more in three out of their last four games. They're talking about 37 attempts, 25 attempts, 29 attempts in three out of their last four against Wisconsin. So I am expecting a lot of passing this weekend. I am expecting more than normal that we've seen from this team. And I am expecting big games from Daniel Jackson and Brevin Spanford. It's all adding up. It's all aligning. And I think that's what we could possibly see in this Wisconsin matchup. And hopefully it brings home a third straight 
X victory puts a little bit of shine on the season, a little bit of positive on the season and gets you that bowl game for the extra practices. We're going to find out one way or the other, and we're going to do predictions on tomorrow's show, but I have to end today's show talking about the women's basketball team because they are dominating and outside of the UConn matchup where it was a learning experience and they did gather some insights. They responded in a big way with pure domination. And I'm going to tell you how dominating it was and what's next to come for the women's basketball team. All right, let's talk about those Gophers women's hoops because they absolutely dominated Cal State Northridge. Now, some people might be like, who? What? Cal State Northridge? That's what you're getting hyped about, Kane? Come on now. No, listen to this. 84 to 31 after you just took a hard loss to UConn where you learned a lot of things in a packed stadium, but you could come out and you could hang your heads. You could play close with a team that you shouldn't be close with, but they didn't. They laid down the beat down. They got out there. And what's most impressive about this one was the defensive outing. You held this team to 31 points, 15 points in the first half, 16 points in the second half, but you held them to 5.9% shooting from three points. On top of that, you held them to 25% shooting from the floor overall, even when they took 55 shot attempts. So this Gophers defense was for real. And on top of that, they allowed zero second chance points, even though the other team had nine offensive rebounds. The Gophers were locked down. And not only that, but the most impressive thing was that the Gophers have been getting better and better on the uh, glass on getting rebounds. They did well against UConn. And then they come out in this game last night against Cal State Northridge and they win the battle of the boards 52 to 26. Absolute domination there. Now, this was the third biggest win in program history for the women's basketball team, the largest since 1981. And we're only five games into the season, and I've already been saying this is the best in so many years. This is the top three performance of program history. This was the highest score in the first quarter ever by the women's Gophers basketball team. We're saying those things a lot of times here, and we're only five games into the season with this new head coach. That should tell you. This team is going to be something special, and the program is just getting started. Not because they beat an opponent that they should have beat, but how they absolutely dominated on every facet of the game and how dominant they've been doing it. Because yes, you lost to one of the best teams in the country against UConn, and you have some takeaways from it, and you played your starters maybe a bit too much in that game, but you were in it. Up until halftime, you had some learning moments in the third quarter and you couldn't get a shot to fall. But then you play these other teams that are still respectable teams. They're teams that are going to be in contention in their conferences and you're dominating. You're dominating by 20 to 30 points and you are getting after it. And I don't think that's going to change. So overall, how they are game planning for these teams has proven to be effective. And that is what has impressed me the most with this coaching staff, but also with how this young team of players is responding to the game planning, to the coaching staff, and what they are putting together each and every game. And it's been happening on two to three windows of breaks, two to three games of pre or practices of preparation. It is impressive to see what this Gophers team is doing and how handily it is doing it under a completely new staff with a very, very young team. 
Yeah, the impressive stats from this last game, in my opinion, 12 of 25 from deep. That's nearly 50% from the three-point line. So they got it going again after they couldn't see it fall in the UConn game. They were up 50 to 15 at halftime. So absolute domination from the jump. And on top of that, they had 21 assists as a team. This team has really spread it around very well, and they keep the ball moving. The ball movement makes this fundamental basketball team look and act so fun to watch. They're exciting on the defense. They turn it in the transitions they get it going and I absolutely love what I've seen from this women's basketball team now Mara led the way with 21 points on 6 of 10 shooting you love to see her get that motivation get that confidence back after a tough game G money was all over for this team contributing had seven assists six rebounds and zero turnovers and on top of that Amaya Battle, who also isn't working to improve in that turnover department, zero turnovers. Shout out to Amaya as she continues to grow in her decision-making and in her ball handling and all of that. She is going to be a big player for this team, and I love to see the growth and the improvement and the poise that she shows in these games. Even in the UConn game, she didn't look flustered at all. Regardless of the turnovers, she looked like she knew she should be on that court and can compete with the best of them. So she had four steals in this game as well, which is impressive in its own right. And then you had so Heart six for six from the floor, a hundred percent clip, and she is a big time player for this Gophers team. I am very impressed. You've got great contributions from Nia Holloway as well. I just I can't wait to see the continued growth of this women's basketball team. Next on the docket, they've got a respectable Stony Brook squad who is currently first in the CAA, and they're five and I believe they're five and all. Maybe they're. I don't want to jump back into that, but regardless, they could win their conference and be in the tournament this upcoming season. Last year, they finished 18 and 13, so they are a team that can get the dubs. On top of that, Norfolk State is the game after that. Now, Norfolk State is also 5-0. So, yes, Stony Brook is 5-0. Norfolk State also 5-0, and they were a tourney team last season, so that is going to be a tough matchup again for the Gophers, but it's one that they should win. It's one that they can put a stamp on and continue to beat teams that can find themselves into the tournament as well. And then on top of that, you've got Drake right after that, who is currently 3-1, but that one loss was from a common opponent and the number two team in the country in Iowa. Now, they, have it, they had a decent game against Iowa. They put up 90 points overall, which is Definitely a solid outing offensively, and they've also beaten St. Thomas and Iowa State. So Drake is a respectable team, a team that could find itself in the tournament as well. Those are the next three matchups for this women's basketball team. And that should present good feels for this team because it'll help prepare them for the Big Ten season, but also for quality opponents. They are all quality opponents that could win their conference, make a tourney bid, and that helps the Gophers team's resume as well. If you can get wins over all these teams and you start this season out, what, 6-1, and 7-1, and one, whatever it is, if you do that, you beat these teams that could be resume builders that could sneak into the tournament as their conference representatives, and you're getting good looks for the Big Ten schedule, and you've got high major opponents on the horizon after that in Kentucky and Purdue. So you're getting good looks, you're getting warmed up to get into some tough matchups, and you're getting ready to make some noise. I am absolutely all in on this women's basketball team. Get your tickets now, and I'm saying that as a benefit to you because now's the time to do it. These games should be good. And the team is fun, but come January, this is going to be the hottest ticket in town, the hottest ticket on campus, and you won't want to miss out on that. Bet that. Until then, we will see you tomorrow for some Gophers predictions. Row the boat, Sky Imago Gophers, and as always, don't forget to subscribe.